welcome to a brand new episode of The Partial Historians. I am Dr. G, and sitting beside me is... Dr. Rad, dressed in purple, just because we're getting into some tyrannical kingly behaviour. I see you're wearing your imperial costume for this episode. As we trace the history of Rome from the founding of the city... We're at one of those points where purple is appropriate. It is. And we're in a dark and hazy period, realistically, at least from my perspective, because for Dionysius of Halicarnassus, who I'm reading, he is all over the shop. He's kind of like, is it 449? Is it 447? We're in a three-year hazy period where... Things are not going to plan. Yeah, I think that's a fair statement to say. So just to very quickly recap uh, both Livy and Dionysius, because of course we are reading both just separately. Uh, we are entering that period of the second Decemvirate and things have been going really atrociously. It's it's very bad to be a plebeian at this point in time, it would seem. Or just, you know, probably just any member of the populace, to be honest. It's not great. If you're not one of the ten or one of their bodyguards, things are not great. Yeah, even, even for the patricians, things have not been going so well. They seem to have up sticks and move themselves out to their countryside homes whilst the decimvirs are basically trying to seize power forever and ever and ever. And they're led in this attempt by Appius Claudius. Ah, uh, yes. The infamous Appius Claudius. Yeah. And he's managed to get the situation to such a fever pitch now yes. that Rome's enemies have noticed the chaos that is unfolding in the city and have decided that this might be a great time to step in and take over the region. I'm going to fill that void, if you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah. So that really takes us up to uh, what we covered in the last episode. So without further ado, Dr. G... Let's get into the events of the 2nd December. Ah, the 2nd December. Well, here we are and we're on the cusp of a senatorial meeting has finally been called. Yep. And the... uh, It's taken a while, actually, for the Senate to assemble itself. Yeah. First problem. I, I, I don't think that they're going to be very enthusiastic because even though they're not thrilled, apparently, with the way the populace have been behaving of late, and when I say of late, I mean over the last, like, 10, 20 years, <laughs> they're also not fans of the way the Decimus are acting because, of course, it's tyranny. It's tyranny. They're trying to make themselves like the kings. And Appius Claudius has taken it upon himself to give the first speech Ooh. because he's really trying to make sure that the Senate stays on track. He doesn't want to talk about the problems that they might have have yeah. with the Decemvirate, what he wants to talk about is how we're going to navigate the fact that we're potentially going to have to fight a war on two fronts yeah. against the Sabines and the Aquians. And well, well, we yeah. need to have some sort of army to do that and how are we going to do it? So he's trying to shoehorn the conversation now that the Senate has been assembled in a very particular direction yeah. to nail a decision. Well, that makes sense because it seems quite clear from both of our accounts that the Decemvirs probably would never have called upon the Senate again if it weren't for the fact that they needed them for something. Yes, it turns out that despite the fact they were going to stay in charge forever, yeah. <laughs> at the first sign of an external war, they're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I could really use the help of some wise elders. People. That's what we need to fight. People. People. Yeah. People. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so we reach this point where 
Appius Claudius is making, he's doing his bit of speechifying and almost immediately gets interrupted by Lucius Valerius Petitus, ah. this guy that we flagged at the uh, the crescendo point of the previous episode. Yeah, he, he also in Livy is the first person to openly defy Appius Claudius and the Decemvirs and say, no, 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 no. We're not going to just sit here and chat about an external war like nothing else is happening. There is quite clearly something dramatic happening to the state, and we're going to talk about that. Yeah, and fascinatingly, I don't know how Livy negotiates this, yes. but in my account, so Dionysius talks about how Petitus now goes about suggesting that the situation has become so dire for all citizens of Rome that it turns out that the patricians need a tribune in light of the behavior of the decemvirs, that they need a magisterial representative to be able to speak on their behalf and to provide sanctuary for them. Look, I haven't got that exactly. That's really interesting. But I think there is a little bit of a hint of that when, in my account, um, Petitus says... Where he's, basically, Claude, Appius Claudius tries to silence him and be like, no, 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 don't, don't get all uppity. Petitus says, look, if you're not going to hear me, then I will go and talk to the people. You know, I, I have to be heard somewhere. Um, at this point, another guy enters the fray. And again, this is probably a name, um, a family name that you will recognize. One Marcus Horatius Barbatus. Oh. Also enters... Uh, you know, quite quickly behind because, of course, Livy doesn't go in for a lot of the big speeches. But he starts talking about um, he's, he's basically backing Petitus up and it's like, yeah, you guys are 10 Tarquins, you know. And, and for those of you who don't remember this far back in our podcast, that's a huge burn because calling someone a Tarquin is using the family name from the last king of Rome who was the reason they got rid of the kingship. kings of Rome. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's a big insult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's, and he's like, it's just your, your conduct is out of control. You are so prideful. You are so arrogant. You are so violent. Your kind of behavior wouldn't be tolerated in royalty, but you're not even that you guys are a bunch of private citizens. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is big. Coming from Marcus Horatius Barbatus. Yeah. Yeah. So he's introduced as well by Dionysius as being a descendant of uh, the Horatius who was consul with Publius Valerius Publicola. Yeah. So now we're going quite back. So he has a direct line of contact of descendants from the guys that do expel the kings. Yeah. And so. And isn't it interesting that those two families are. In sync. Mm. You got the Valerii and Horatii. Mm. Yeah. Hanging around mm. together. So What's going to happen So next? adorable. Ah. <laughs> um, and he talks about how this is the point of pride for, for his family. Yeah. You know, we descend from this line that got rid of the kings. Mm. And yet here we are and we find ourselves and look how you've set yourselves up. Yeah. You know, this is atrocious. Um, but we also have in Dionysius's account, we've got an assertion that comes through from um, Petitus, where he wants Quintus Fabius Vibulanus to speak. Mm. Um, so Quintus Fabius Vibulanus is one of the decemvirs. Yes. And he wants him to stand up. And because he's like, well, you've held three consulships. How are you ever going to justify your behavior? Yeah. 
look, this is, that's actually really interesting that you hold that up because I wasn't going to get to this. I, I didn't think I was going to get to this because it kind of is brought up later at a, at, at a different point in Livy, but it's definitely part of this whole story. Um, this particular Fabia, <laughs> we've mentioned him many times, as you've highlighted. He's had you know numerous consulships and he's been a hero of a number of episodes of ours. He's a well-respected guy, and I don't think we've had too much to say that's negative about him, really, up until this point. But he is definitely a name that will come up in Livy as someone whose character has been completely changed by hanging around with Appius Claudius. So you see, listeners, your mother was right. (laughs) Hanging around with the wrong people can affect your personality and your behavior. Don't hang around with the wrong crowd. They'll influence you. Yeah, he's definitely someone um, whose character is flagged by Livy later on as being quite changed by the experience of being a decimvert and being friends with Appius Claudius. So Mm, this is is interesting. This is the turning point. Yeah, this is interesting. Yeah, Yeah. because certainly uh, Vibulanus doesn't get up and talk at this point. Yeah. Uh, Mostly because Marcus Horatius Barbatus steps in instead and is like, wait a minute, I've got something to say here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Interrupts, interrupts. Um, So Barbatus accuses the Desenvirs of being intoxicated with power. And I think that's a fair call. Yeah, fair, (laughs) very fair. And also questions how can they, they don't have any legal leg to stand on. Yeah. They're outside of the terms of the special magistracy that they were given, True. which was supposed to last for a year. Yeah. And we're now in some other part of outside of that. And the laws have been codified. <laughs> yeah. It's all done. It is like, yeah, yeah your magistracy has expired, hasn't yeah. it? Like, why are you even in the Senate House? Yeah. Why are you even <laughs> here? Yeah. And it's like, and why is it that you are preventing the people from assembling themselves. Yes. So apparently one of the things that these patrician young thugs have been up to mm. is preventing people from gathering in crowds. Yeah. And so that that's part of the violence within the city at this point as well. And you have to you have to think that this is part of that larger story of the conflict of the orders where the this lot of decimvers definitely seem to be trying to oppress the people and take back like rest back some of the control that they feel like they managed to get with the tribunes i mean it seems laughable to us because we're always saying how they need more more but in in the patrician mind and in the mind of the decimers i think and the interests that they represent they've had too much yes yeah and this is this sort of feeds into everything that they're doing because um, we're about to see, I don't know about you, but I start to, I get an outbreak of violence in the Senate. Ooh, crazy. <laughs> well, see, my account, you know, it's always, it's always the way we, we take a slightly different route to get to a similar destination. Um, basically after Babata speaks up in my account, that's when the Decimus are like, oh, oh, uh, so the war with the Sabines, uh, uh, and they try and desperately sidetrack the conversation. <laughs> and all the Romans, are, nobody is interested in talking about that. They're like, no, 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 no. You're the ones that we're concerned about here. You're yeah. the problem, buddy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, and, and that's when we, of course, get the Decimus being completely just gobsmacked. They have no idea how to handle these two elite men standing there and calling them out, you know, so blatantly. They're like, should we just pretend they didn't say that? <laughs> or or should we get angry with them? Like, Maybe just, 
you know, stay on topic. Go back to the war subject, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then we've I've actually got a relative speaking to Appius Claudius. Oh yes, me too. I'm looking very much forward to that. I do have a couple of things that happened before that moment. Okay, all right. Yeah, so I'll I'll quickly flag a little bit about, you know, what what happens here. So in, in Livy's account, it's the uncle of Appius Claudius, a guy called Gaius Claudius, who gets up and begs him to remember, you know, you've got these illustrious ancestors who have done great things. And he seems to be really worried about the path that Appius Claudius is now on. He's like, where is this going to end up? You know, where where is this going? <laughs> Quivatus. <laughs> yeah. How do you think this ends? Yeah. My yeah. nephew. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you a hint. Blood. Yeah. <laughs> He's obviously not heading in, you know, in the right direction. Um, it's not great. Um, but the Decimus are still, are still saying, still thinking to themselves, we don't want to talk about this. This is not why we called you guys together. We had a totally different thing in mind. This is, this is not what, on the agenda at all. But they are worried about interrupting Claudius because he's obviously, you know, from an elite family. So they have to sort of sit there awkwardly fuming, I presume. We're like, should we get rid of the uncle? I don't think we can get rid of the uncle. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, and, and Claudius basically wraps up by saying, look, uh, I propose, you know, that we, we don't really take any action um, on behalf yeah, as a Senate. We, we shouldn't do anything. And this seems to mean that Claudius thought the Decemvirs were private citizens, you know, so he's like, we should we should just not do anything because these guys are... These guys, you can't make me do anything. Yeah. You have the, no authority. These guys are Ill- illegitimate. And the men who are around him who are of consular rank, they agree with him. And I might pause there because mm. I don't want to get too far ahead of you. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, so in Dionysius' account, the end of Marcus Horatius Barbatus' speech, yes. he's like, he wraps up by saying, let's have a vote, you know? Maybe we should do that, because if the people choose to keep the Decemvirate, well, we clearly deserve to have this type of governance. He sort of puts it out there, and he's like, why don't we have a vote? Why don't we let the people decide? Do you want this? Yay or nay? (laughs) And while he's saying this, the Decemvirs surround him in in the Senate meeting. Threatening. Yeah. Menacing him um, and threatening to throw him down from the Tarpeian rock. Oh wow! Yeah, in order to shut him up. Yeah, like like we don't want they don't want to vote on this clearly. Yeah, and so you've got. I imagine this in my envisaging of this scenario. You've got Appius Claudius down the front of the Senate chamber, probably on the floor, just being like, you know what, you know, I, I just want to talk about this war. Yeah, serious stuff, guys. He's got his buddies, the other Decemvirs. It's not at all clear whether the Lictors are in the Senate yeah. meeting or not. Yeah, yeah. It's possible that they were. It would be a violation, but it's not at all clear. And there's clearly threats being made. Yeah. Um, but they've muscled up to this guy to sh- try and shush him. Appius tries to reclaim the speaking moment yeah. to try and wrestle the topic back. Yeah, yeah. To like, no, no, we've got an external war threat. And that's why we've called you here. We just need to legitimate that. And yeah. can you help us put together a levy, maybe? <laughs> we don't care what you think about anything else. <laughs> it's not what we're interested in. And he also suggests that they are the legitimate holders of power mm. because the body of law that they've been putting together is not yet complete. What? Yeah. So he suggests that, like, just because we've got 12 tables doesn't mean that's all the tables, guys. What about 20 tables? Yeah. That also has a ring to it. It's also got alliteration. How do you it. know that we've put together the whole body of the laws? I don't think you know that. 
I don't think you know that at all. <laughs> We've still got a job to do. These laws aren't finished. And so that's his comeback. And he's like, but besides that, doesn't really matter. Let's figure out the war strategy. Yeah. And that's the moment where he then calls upon his uncle. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Calls upon his uncle um, to deliver a speech. And so it seems that he suspects that Gaius Claudius is going to be at least in a familial way broadly supportive of getting this conversation on track. Right. Okay. Appius <laughs> could not be more wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so we have this moment where Gaius Claudius is called to speak. Yes. And he's like, all right, you know, I think, you know, obviously we need to deal, deal with this stuff about the Aquians and Sabines. Definitely. Yeah. But let's think for a moment before that about what factors may have encouraged our enemies in the first place. Nice one. <laughs> yeah. Pulls the old switcheroo in Nailed the introduction. It. Nailed <laughs> it. And then... He proceeds to rat on Appius Claudius as much as he can. Wow. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing some of these burns. Yeah. He was like, let's think about the fact that our enemies know that we're in political turmoil. Could True. be a pertinent factor. Yeah. Yep, Might be true. important. Let's assume that our enemies understand that we'd be fighting this war unwillingly because Ooh. of our internal dissent. That's a good point. That's a good point. Let's assume that our enemies will also understand that our soldiers aren't going to be fighting well and they may desert out of cowardice or persuasion. Yeah, I can see that happening, definitely. So if we go to war in our present state, our enemies are going to be victorious. Yeah. That's just a given. Yeah. I put it to you. Well, look, nothing in history is inevitable, but I get where you're coming from. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... The way that we can defeat our enemies is to return to our traditions. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> clever. Very yeah, clever. Yeah. We need to have the right conditions at home yep. in order to have the right conditions on the battlefield. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. 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 There's some, you know, rousing sort of in the background. Yay. Yeah. Finally, somebody said the truth. Who <laughs> like the goggles? <laughs> the axe. <laughs> so that kind of thing is going on. Um, and... This is the kind of tack that he takes. And so he says, he sort of looks over. Appius is obviously pretty unhappy. Yeah. Isn't really able to interrupt his own uncle. Well, especially if he's called on him. Yeah. Yeah. This is how patriarchal lines work. Yeah. Um, We're seeing them in operation now. And he's like, he looks over and he's like, Appius, don't be offended. (laughs) I see your face. Just because I've just <laughs> said that you're a massive douchebag and you're totally stuffing everything up doesn't mean I don't love you. Yeah, like, I mean, you've got to think about the state. You've got to think about the res publica. Yeah. We've got to talk about what the common interest is, not what's to your private advantage. Oh, <laughs> Ouch. Uh, patrician mm. calling out another patrician <laughs> on private advantage. I yeah, love yeah. it. Yeah. I might speak some truths with frankness, uh, but you are duty bound to listen, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So he see- he sees it as his duty now, yeah. as the paternal uncle, yes, and of the chief Desenvir to be the guy that's going to bring reason back into this conversation and this whole situation. Yeah, definitely. So he's sort of like, you know, I've got a job to do here. And I've got a vested interest because my family's reputation is on the line. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, let's think about this. What's going to happen with the plebeians? They're all quite concerned. Plebeians and patricians are fleeing Rome. What makes you think you're going to be able to raise a levy anyway? Well, yeah. I mean, clearly you had doubts. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah. And... The abandonment of Rome, the city, mm. from people fleeing also means that ancestral hearths are not being tended to. Uh-oh. Yeah. This is a problem because now the relationship that the Romans have with the gods is falling out of sync. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Classic sign that things are going wrong. Yes. And he was like, rhetorical question, Appius, <laughs> why do you think people are leaving Rome? Ooh. Ooh. Appius has nothing to say to that. Appius is like, shrugs his shoulders, looks kind of embarrassed. They like some country air. Yeah, needed to get away. And he was like, and Gaius is like, I'll tell you. Don't worry. Don't don't answer now. I've got an answer for you. I think it's because of evil. (laughs) Quite simply. Simply put, evil. Wow, that is harsh, yeah. You know, but true, but true. He's like, think about it. What would take people to flee from the blessings of their home yeah. to the uncertainty of the unknown surrounding the city? And let's face it, Rome is the greatest city ever known. Yeah. yeah. What would force somebody to make the choice that it would be a better idea to leave their home yeah. than to stay? It's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. I think I think it might be evil. Whatever you're doing, I think it's evil. I'm so I'm so conflicted right now because I conditioned <laughs> myself to hate the Claudians. <laughs> it I, turns out that you know when you get the brother to speak rather than like you know because Gaius Appius Claudius is not Appius Claudius. No, so true. like yeah. you know like we've got this idea of Gaius Claudius being the brother of the infamously terrible yeah. Appius Claudius that we know from previous well, generations infinitely terrible for us but yes yeah not not so bad by the way i mean i mean yeah i yeah. mean the claudians are probably into it yeah but he seems to have a different perspective yeah 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 and so he was like you know people are abandoning the temples mm. they're abandoning the graves yeah. of their families yeah like this is massive and he's like i'll tell you some truths now and they were like up until this point you're like you mean you haven't been telling me <laughs> truths already and i'm not going to sugarcoat it anymore <laughs> no uh, but I've got some things that I need to say. So, people at the top, they're annoyed at being excluded from the roles that they've traditionally held. Absolutely. And that they expect to fulfill as yeah. part of their duty. Um, citizens of leisure, whoever they might be, are a little bit annoyed at having their property stolen. Yeah. And their relatives violated. Absolutely. And the poor have had their public role stolen from them as well. Because when you don't allow them to assemble, they can't ratify any legislation. Yeah. So, everybody is very unhappy. Absolutely. Um, now, Gaius Claudius goes on, but I could just... <laughs> so that, that's, you wouldn't have caught that on the recording. That was a look of shock on my face. <laughs> he does go on, but I'm going to give you the option to jump in here. If you want to, I, look, Claudius if he's action. still talking, I I cannot proceed because 
I, I am at the end of him speaking. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. All right. All yeah. right. I, I can tell you what comes next, but I feel like I'd be jumping ahead slightly. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I got this. I okay. got this. Okay. So he was like, let me tell you some of the things that we could do. Okay. You know, we could fix this, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, we could have a senatorial degree, decree. Um, and we could have a vote and that would probably fix things, you know, we'll get you out of power. Um, we'll restore things back to the way they were. We'll get some consuls happening. Yeah. Maybe we could have a war. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh? Um, I, I don't think that's a choice. I think that there is a, <laughs> there is a war happening. It's just a question of whether you're going to, you know, fight it or not. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it's going to be great because, um, we'll have magistries in magistracies in power that are legitimate. Yep. And, that is the mark of aristocracy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the patrician bread and butter right yeah, there. That's what we do. That's what we do. We yeah. like that kind of yeah. stuff. We monopolize the power. And and I think you should do this. I think you should step back and allow that to happen because you'll come out looking good. Mm. Think about it. Um, because if you do that, everybody is going to be grateful because you were the Desenvir that stepped up and said, no more of this. This is an abomination. I wash my hands of it, and I want the restoration of the state. That's yeah, well, this is the thinking about where are you going to end up? Are you going to be the hero of your story, or are you going to live long enough to see yourself become the villain? Yeah, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic moment. It's yeah. so true. Yeah. Uh, and so he's like, look, if you do that, that'll be great. However, mm. you know, I mean, if you do this kind of thing, you have to think about it from the perspective of the Roman people as well. Because they'll realize that you're not as mean-spirited as you've been coming across in this last, I don't know, few years or yeah. so. Remember the Appius of 451? <laughs> That's the Appius we want to see again. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have a chance to remind them of how charismatic and generous you were in 451. Yeah, well, he's clearly a good actor. He had everybody fooled, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. They'll probably buy that. That'll be great. Yeah. Um... And if you resign, I, I imagine your faults will be forgotten. I mean, we'll throw the rest of them under the bus. Um, <laughs> but you, you're special. But you, yeah. my nephew, my special one, <laughs> you know. The one, the one that has to carry on the family name. Yeah. You will be spared. And that will be great. You'll have a chance to reclaim your honor. Um, I can't believe that this is actually becoming... I mean, I can believe it. But I can't believe it's becoming so much about... The, like really salvaging the family reputation. It's really very much about the fate of Appius Claudius, not so much the fate of the second Decemvirate. Yeah. 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 He's trying to angle for that, you know, what's going to motivate Appius Claudius to change, I think. True. Because, I mean, I'm just thinking, I'm thinking about some of the other names. I mean, like, Fabius, what's going to happen to him? Huh? What about him? You can't throw him under the bus. He's going to get thrown under a bus. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. He's just done too many good things. I just don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe it, Dr. G. Well, yeah. I guess it remains to be seen. It does, mm. it does. Um, but then uh, the speech takes a turn. Okay. So he's sort of like, you know, these are the things that you could do that would really save you. Yeah. And he's like, but I suspect you're actually vain in your ambitions and you desire the power of a tyrant. Oh, well, duh. <laughs> I don't think you're capable of giving this up. Yeah. Yeah, that's the real issue here. And it's like, but the thing is, you don't understand what real honour constitutes. Again, duh. (laughs) (laughs) The things that you're pursuing with this tyranny are not honourable. 
No. No. And You have power, but do you have respect? Mm. <laughs> People fear you, but do they like you? Mm. Well, I you know, I have to admit, I, I don't feel like that's ever been a particularly patrician <laughs> concern. <laughs> But true. I, I feel like yeah, there there is uh, there is that respect. That's why that's why we've seen time and time again the plebs turn around when you know people like Cincinnatus come along who could not be well patrician, but because they conduct themselves with honor in a way that deserves respect, and they walk the walk, then they just talk the talk, you know. And, people and, and, buy in. Yeah, the people buy into it, even though it's often against their interests to think that this is someone to admire, you know. It is very strange, yeah. the Roman conceptualization of honour. Yes. And yet here we are. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't be a tyrant. Be an honourable patrician. Yeah. Do things the right way, if you can. Yes. So the idea is to nourish your soul by finding pleasure in your country's welfare. So you've really neglected the state, and yeah. that's a real issue. Yeah, yeah. And that means that you lack honour at this point. Absolutely. And you could return to your true aristocratic self mm. by stepping down as Desnivere. Yeah. And allowing the reinstitution of the other magistracies. Whew, well, I mean, if a five-page speech doesn't convince him... I don't know what will. <laughs> Wait for it. Here's the real kicker. Okay. <laughs> Alarm bells. Okay. We're getting towards the end of his speech now. Okay. And he's like, he's looking over at Appius. Appius is not a happy camper. No. And he's like, look, this is the advice that I've been trying to give you for weeks. But you refuse to meet with me. <gasps> I've tried on multiple occasions to have this exact conversation with you in private where it should have happened <laughs> because you needed to hear this from somebody you're related to and yeah. you kept sending people away i sent people to knock on your door to organize something and you would turn them away wow and he's like so i haven't had the opportunity i have to confess to have had this conversation with you in the way that I would have liked to have done it. Wow. So, calling upon me now in the Senate, all very good and well, and I have enjoyed myself. (laughs) (laughs) Have you, but, yeah. (laughs) But I've now performed my duty in public. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. And you forced me into that position. And just like that. One of Dionysus' speeches is finally over. Not yet. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was going to be the end. So uh. close. So close. Oh, we're, we're into the concluding elements okay. now. Yeah, okay. yeah. Not much longer. And he's like, this is in line with what the gods require, or what's required at the altars of sacrifice of the Appian family. I have now fulfilled my familial religious duty mm-hmm. by conveying this information to you. Right. So my relationship with our family gods has been repaired. Right, okay. It remains to be seen whether yours has because you have yet to decide your course of action. Yeah, oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> the <Sure>. end. <laughs> Sure, these guys aren't Jewish. It's like Jewish guilt. <laughs> so, so amazing. Yeah, love it. Okay, well, whew, 
After all that, what I have to offer seems measly in comparison. But what happens after Gaius Claudius stops talking in my account is that someone suggests, you look, maybe what we need now is an Interrex. Okay, oh, you know, interesting. Yeah, we find ourselves in this, you know, awkward situation here. Maybe that would help, you know, transition us out of this position with the second December. Um, but that doesn't really go ahead because everyone can recognize now that the Decemvers are in serious trouble. And let me introduce you to another character and see if this is the next person to give a really long speech in your account. Uh, so I've got one, Lucius Cornelius Magulensis. Oh, yes. Yeah, brother of the Marcus, that name. I'm not going to bother saying it again because it's ridiculous. <laughs> who is a Decemvir. He is going to speak now. He's going to address the Decemvirs. And he basically like pretends to be like scared of the war question. Um, and, and he also questions, you know, like why why are people causing political issues now? Okay, you know, why why are we talking about all of this when there's quite clearly an external threat? Um, you know, why why are they being attacked by the people that elected them? You know, so clearly what's happening is this is a setup. <laughs> They've had these other people speak who have been quite anti the Decemvirs. Now we've got someone who seems to be on their side, and he's like. What are, you, what are you doing? Why are you doing this now? You know, this all seems very suspicious to me. To be honest, I'm sorry to date our podcast, but it seems very Trumpian <laughs> the way he's doing this and like distracting people and saying, these are people that were elected into office. We've got a external problem to deal with right now. Why are you all doing this? Yeah. What, yeah. what you're trying to get us off track? Yeah, exactly. No, the enemy is at our gate. Yeah. What is going on here? So there's a proposal put forward that the Decemvirs would serve until the day before the Ides of May. Okay, and they're going to deal with war and civil strife, and then the Senate should make decisions about everything else that's going on here. Okay? Um, yeah, so that uh, that's kind of where I'm up to. I, I might pause there to see how, how things are going in your account. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think at that point, you are ahead of where I get up to because we are not done with speechifying. Okay. Uh, by Tell any me, means. who is the next person to give a speech? <laughs> the next speaker is, we do parallel here, we do have Marcus Cornelius Magulinensis yep. get up. Yeah. Um, and he basically says... Um, we'll decide what our interests are, you know? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, in terms of, like, the December it. Yeah. We'll decide what our interests are without the need of your advice, points over at Gaius Claudius, wow. who's just sat down. Shut up, old man. Yeah. We only hang out with young patricians. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And it's like, this December it, we need advice on a specific issue. So maybe stop expressing your opinions as an old man. Ooh. Yeah, he goes down that path. I was kidding. Path. I can't believe he actually did that. <laughs> to those of us who do not need your advice, which is big because, I mean, they basically called the Senate together because they need some advice. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and quite frankly, they are screwed if but, they don't get yeah. help. Yeah. And but the thing is, they don't want advice on this. No. Um, they don't want advice on the... December it being questionable they want advice on the war and that's the only thing that they care about and they're like your speech wasn't even about the war which is why we called you all here it was just personal abuse 
is effectively what he said. Yes, yes, it was. Yes. Uh, nobody, nobody asked you to do that. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty clear. Actually, I think Appius asked him to do that. It seems that Appius did by yes. saying nothing at all. Yeah. You say your best <laughs> when you say nothing at all. <laughs> Except for guys, Claudius, who gets sad. Yeah. You didn't talk to him. Um, so... Uh, we want to know what you actually think about this war that we have to fight against the Aquins and the Sabines. So, like, you know, trying to return it back to this core yeah. issue. Just desperately trying to claw back to the yeah. point. Yeah. Desperate, desperate. Yeah. Um, Gaius Claudius immediately stands back up again. Okay. Uh. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Dionysius. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to stand. I'm not going to let that happen to me. <laughs> I don't think so. Nobody goes, me and old man, and gets away yeah, with it. That's it. And it's like, I, if I must speak the truth, I, even if I'm driven out of the city, that's fine. I can no longer bear the sight of him, points at Appius Claudius. And he's become unworthy of his ancestors. And he's emulating the lawlessness of tyrants. I'm going to go and live with the Sabines. What? <laughs> oh my God. I'm out of here. Well, actually, okay, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Brackets. That is a shocking statement, but... but... The Claudian family, lest we forget, did originally come from the Sabines. So presumably what he means is, I'm going to go live with family. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm heading back to the Sabine branch of the family. Yeah. Yeah, Rome, it's a waste of time. Yeah. Uh, I'm not staying here. I'm going to Regulum. It's going to be great. Wow. I'm going to take my whole family with me, and I'm going to up sticks. And I'll only return in the event that the December fails. Wow. That's a big call. People love this speech. One, it's much shorter than his last one. <laughs> oh, God, that's over. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Woo! yeah. All right, because yeah. At, at that point, he's like, he sits back down again, takes yeah. a big breath, sits back down, uh, made his intentions clear, but he doesn't storm out of, this, uh, out of the meeting. Um, so, but a whole bunch of people really love this speech. There's a lot of applause. There's a lot of cheering. And he receives a lot of support from people, notably like... Lucius Quintius Cincinnatus, mm-hmm. uh, Titus Quintilius Capitolinus, mm. and Lucius Lucretius, all of whom have had leading roles at various points yeah, in Roman politics. Yeah, 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 all very important people. Yeah. And that is precisely where I've read up to <laughs> because nice. there are more speeches to come. Yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> well, look, I think I think it's safe to say that we're, we're basically stuck in this position where there's obviously a real split between patricians who are very keen to get this sorted now, and then you've got people who, as you say, are obviously in the pockets of the Decimvers. I mean, obviously, this guy is the brother of one of the Decimvers, uh, and they're trying to help them get things back on track because it's in their interest to make sure that their relatives have ongoing power. It's interesting, though, that we do have relatives who are still willing to put the state ahead of their own family's like, immediate power. And then you've got you've got people who who are obviously not. You might say, Doctor G, that it's almost as though the best politicians are the one with long term thinking, and oh. the people that are only thinking about the short term are dooming everyone to hell. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, it would seem that way. Yeah. yeah. So the the struggle it seems is going to continue to unfold in Dionysius of Halicarnassus' account. I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah. Because we're still in the Senate meeting. Um, as yeah. far as <laughs> haven't left. Yeah. yeah, we did warn you, listeners, that this uh, this whole second December is going to be a really long 
It's going to be a yeah. ride. Yeah. But, and, and the crazy thing is that we're really just dealing, as I say, with the affairs of patricians at the moment. You know, the plebeians have taken a back seat. I mean, even though, even though uh, apparently there are some plebeian decemvirs, we're not hearing from them. And yeah, and we're certainly not getting any sort of plebeian insights in no. the way that the authors, Livy and Dionysius, are relating this information as well. It now seems to become a highly aristocratic affair yes. about the nature of governance. And it's an infighting amongst themselves about how it should be done. Yeah. And it's quite shocking because, as I said, up until now, when we've been talking about the conflict of the orders, one of the things that's made the patricians so strong is their ability to stand together as a unit. Mm. Now that's fracturing. And that's really never happened before. It's not that they obviously don't disagree with each other. Of course, everybody has fights and, you know, they, they debate. That's, that's their thing. But, yeah, not like this, I don't no. think. Yeah. So I think, Dr. G, that means that it is once again time for the partial pick. Oh, the partial pick. Yeah. That moment in time where Rome gets to be raided out of 50 gold eagles. Ten for five categories. Now, last episode, it was... We the reached lowest new lows. <laughs> yeah. we, we've had some low ones, don't get me wrong. We've had some really, really low ones. But last episode was the first time we've ever awarded Rome nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see how it fares this I don't time think it's going to be a lot better, but <laughs> let's see. Okay. All right. Well, the first category is military clout. Well, they still haven't managed to get an army into the field. So. That's true. I think yeah. that has to be a zero. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Diplomacy. Mm, I mean I don't I, really feel like it it's a, a meeting that's more diplomatic than we've seen from them but I don't know if I want to give them points for doing the bare minimum yeah <laughs> I, I don't think it's really what you could call proper diplomacy that's going on here so I'm going to say zero mm. expansion nope nothing Weirdus. <laughs> okay now maybe not so much in my account because my account's a lot briefer so it's a bit hard to say but I do feel like maybe Gaius Claudius in your account deserves a little something here. I think he's demonstrating a lot of weirdos. Yeah. He's carrying a long, heavy load of weirdos. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, I wanted to have this conversation in private. Yep. I think that's a tick for weirdos. He's yeah, doing yeah. doing his manliness the right way. But <laughs> or he wanted to. At least he said Listeners, so. I hope you heard that. To do your manliness the right way, you have to do it in private. Yes. <laughs> no public manliness. We won't have any of that. But no. if you do do your manliness in public, make sure that it's a great speech. Yeah. Uh, and make sure that you call out your nephew mm. for all of his misdeeds. Yeah, he's definitely... I mean, normally we kind of associate Wirtus with more action-y kind of things, I suppose. But... Uh, I think delivering the speech, as you say, and the message of the speech and what he's aiming for definitely deserves something. So I don't know, like what, like a, a six? Mm, that's, yeah, let's do it. I was thinking about a five. So I think a six is, yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Six it is. All right. And the citizen score. Well, look, I mean, as we've, as we've highlighted, it would be lovely to know what the plebeians are thinking at this point in time. But I can only imagine that because we're moving very slowly right now through like one meeting, that they're still... Still having a terrible time. A terrible time, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the time traveled between the start of this episode and the end of this episode is effectively a morning. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to say the citizens' lot has not improved over the yeah. course of this episode. Yeah, so still bad. But... 
the good news is the Romans do at least have a score on the scoreboard. So thanks only to Dionysius of Halicarnassus and his speechifying, Gaius Claudius has managed to stumble across the line with six, a total of six, golden eagles for the Romans for this episode. Oh, Rome. Well, I mean, yeah, we're in a difficult period, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, look, it's, it's going to be hard going for a while, guys. I'm not going to lie. But it will be interesting, that's for sure. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'd say join us next time as we continue to discover how Rome is going to try to dig up out of this situation that they've found themselves in. Absolutely. I can't wait to see what Appius Claudius is going to do next. Catch you next time. Hi, it's Dr. G here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode from the Partial Historians. On behalf of Dr. Rad and myself, we'd like to extend our thanks to all our fantastic patrons from Adri to Zara. Your support is so appreciated. Your messages and feedback add joy to our love of history. Thank you. Wherever you are, stay safe and remember the shared humanity that binds us through the past, the present, and the future. And to take us out with this episode, we have a send-off from the folks at the podcast That Was Genius, who explore history with humour, and you may just enjoy what they have to offer. Hello and welcome to That Was Genius, a little history podcast in which Tom... Hello! ...and Sam... Hello! ...discuss history stories on a theme each week. We decide the theme a week in advance, but everything else that happens is a surprise. It's madcap, it's fun, there's terrible accents and appalling jokes, and we cover such highbrow history topics as the time France went to war over a ruined bakery. <laughs> and then there was Priapus, the Greek deity who lived down at the bottom of the garden and had a very large dong that he liked hitting people with. <laughs> yes, genuine history, folks. And then, of course, there's the corner of Japanese folklore that is the Kappa, a group of bizarre otters who sneak into your house and use your bath and steal your prostate when you're not looking. Ooh! Ouch! <laughs> we release a public episode every other week and a patron's episode every other week. You can find us on your favourite podcasting app. Just search for That Was Genius, a funny history podcast. That was beautiful. Thanks.